Hello, Katawanto. Here come the Pacific waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. Without immediate and concerted regional and global action, deep sea mining activities could be accommodated in our Pacific Ocean as early as July next year. Pacific parliamentarians form an alliance against deep sea mining. A lot of people involved in you have come to me and strongly urge me to stand for the regional ship. A former Bougainville president, John Momis, has confirmed he will stand in the PNG election. I'm conscious of my place in, in Aotearoa, you know, my relationship with, with Mana Whenua and my relationship with Tangata Whenua. And we speak to Fijian academic Patrick Vakauti about his upcoming role as head of Maori Pacific and Indigenous Studies at the University of Otago. A new regional political group against deep-sea mining has been established this week. The Pacific Parliamentarians' Alliance on Deep-Sea Mining is a collective of Pacific leaders who share strong concerns about large corporations and powerful governments' plans to exploit the ocean seabed for minerals. The head of the alliance is Vanuatu's opposition leader, Ralph Regan Vanu, with members representing the autonomous region of Bougainville, Papua New Guinea, Guam, Fiji, French Polynesia, the Solomon Islands, Tuvalu and Palau. RNZ Pacific Regional Correspondent Kelvin Anthony listened into the comments by members of the coalition and found this story presented here by RNZ Pacific reporter Lydia Lewis. Mr. Regunvanu says a healthy ocean is essential for vibrant life on Earth. But he says a new human endeavour, that is deep sea mining, is threatening to undermine the health of our ocean. It's already facing unprecedented threats from a multitude of human-induced stresses, such as overfishing, pollution, plastics, nuclear waste and radioactive material, and biodiversity loss. Indeed, the climate crisis is also taking a heavy toll. Deep-sea mining is the process of retrieving minerals from the ocean floor. While still an emerging industry, its proponents have been gaining support from some countries in the region. This is in spite of the growing body of scientific evidence that it could cause irreversible damage to the marine environment. Mr Reganvanu says the Alliance supports what the science is saying. The reckless haste to proceed with deep-sea mining, which in all accounts is an untested, experimental and highly speculative extractive industry, is now at a critical stage. Legally binding international regulatory arrangements have now been triggered to facilitate the commencement of mineral exploration as soon as practicable. Without immediate and concerted regional and global action to halt this momentum, deep sea mining activities could be accommodated in our Pacific Ocean as early as July next year. On Thursday, Tuvalu's Foreign Minister Simon Confer confirmed its government's decision to reverse plans to sponsor a mining company for an exploration permit with the International Seabed Authority. Mr Confer told ABC's Radio Australia that Tuvalu now opposed such activity. But with the Cook Islands, Kiribati, Nauru and Tonga already taking initial steps to go down the deep-sea mining path, Mr Reganvanu is fully aware that not every country in the region is on the same page. Another Pacific leader who is supporting the complete ban on deep-sea mining is Tuvalu's former Prime Minister and now opposition leader, Enele Sopoanga. Mr Sopoanga says the ocean is the basis for Pacific people's existence. Why should we destroy our, our ocean floor for quick dollars that is going to belong to the hands of others, like phosphate, like fisheries, 
like all those uh, that they have come to reap our, our resources from our hands when we know through our unique ocean environment i call for a moratorium on all deep sea ma uh, mining proposals to be seriously considered in the pacific while calling for a moratorium on all seabed mining proposals in the Pacific, he says leaders in the region must do everything in their power to protect the Pacific from a whole host of threats. French Polynesia's member of National Assembly, Moetai Brotherson, has also joined the alliance. Mr Brotherson says Maohi Nui isn't an independent country in the Pacific and as such don't have all the means to control what's going on with its mineral resources. So currently, we are a French uh, collectivity with a special statute of so-called autonomy, uh, which states that uh, we are in control of uh, deep sea minerals, with the notable exception of all strategic materials. But the list of strategic materials is being defined by Paris and Paris only. Mr. Brotherson says his island has a strong history of being colonised at an economic level. He says it's now a part of their struggle to regain their full sovereignty to stop their ocean resources from being exploited. It has been our leader's quest for many years to prevent, uh, the, prevent spoiling, prevent uh, having all this pollution in our ocean from the nuclear tests at the time and now facing the exploitation of deep sea minerals. So we are, of course, sharing the view of this panel, the view of all the parliamentarians that are associated today and we fully endorse uh, the, the initiative that is going on. Aotearoa New Zealand's Green Party MP, Tiano Tuiono, has also thrown his weight behind the alliance. We are in the middle of a climate crisis. We are in the middle of a biodiversity crisis. And above all of that, we have the impact of the pandemic. We have the impact of, of the COVID crisis. And we can feel the strains economically across, uh, across the world, but also in particular around, around the Pacific at this time. Mr Tuiono says most of the damage around all the environmental issues are caused by the industrialised countries. He says those countries that pollute must do more to help alleviate the economic burden on the Pacific. So that we can really focus on what the, what the real issues are here. We need to be able to take away that profit, that profit motive and to actually look at what is the cost here. What is the cultural cost? What is the environmental cost? What is the, 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 the social and spiritual cost to what they are advocating for at this particular time? The launch of the Pacific Parliamentarians' Alliance on Deep Sea Mining comes at a crucial time, as the International Seabed Authority scrambles to develop rules and regulations for the industry ahead of Nauru's proposed venture, which is being opposed by ocean advocates all across the region. Bougainville's former president, John Momis, has confirmed he will stand for the regional Bougainville seat in the Papua New Guinea national elections in June. Mr Momis was president of Bougainville for 10 years through to 2020, but has been involved in senior political roles in Bougainville and PNG, extending back 50 years. He first sat in the PNG parliament in 1972, 
three years before independence, when alongside Sir Michael Somare, he helped draw up the country's constitution. The former Catholic priest told Don Wiseman he was initially reluctant to get back into politics after his retirement two years ago. A lot of people in Bowenville have come to me and strongly urged me to stand for the regional seat. Although I deliberately stayed out of politics, I didn't want to get involved in this. I wanted to just concentrate on writing, finishing my book. But I thought about it. I said, all right, well, number one, I must get myself checked out by a doctor. I've been given a clean bill of health and I consulted some people who should, you know, who I know, and uh, who've agreed that, uh, yes, okay, I'll stand. It's such a long time, though, isn't it? I mean, you were sitting in that parliament. When was the first time you sat there? 72. In 72. And who's left from then? Just Julius Chen and myself. It's a remarkable career anywhere, isn't it? What do you think you would be able to achieve that the person who is currently there, Peter Chiamalili, who apparently is doing a good job? Well, the people uh, are the best judges. People have... uh taken the option to give me, to call on me, to lead them. So um, it wasn't easy for me to make this decision. But uh, looking back, you know, I've got the historical perspective. I was the chairman of the Constitutional Planning Committee, and I fought with just all the leaders. I was just an ordinary member of Parliament. I was not a minister. And had the Papua New Guinea government then, the Constituent Assembly, accepted the recommendations of the Constitutional Planning Committee, which they didn't, PNG would have a, would be a much better place. So I've got a lot of experience. Uh, now they regret it. I was also a lot of experience in developing systems of government. Papua New being a highly diversified country, under a lot of opposition from the national ministers at the time, I said, no, we must listen to the people, consult the people, find out exactly what they want. We found out and went back to the villages. We didn't go to Africa or Asia. Uh, where, which uh, a lot of the members wanted to do. I said, no, we, if you want to sew a suit for Papua New Guinea, you go to the Papua New Guinea. What are their real needs? What are their aspirations? So I've got a lot of experience. The uh, provincial government system now is not the one that we recommended. It was watered down by a lot of you know, leaders in the Papua New Guinea. And had they accepted what we recommended, things would have been much, much more effective and different because rendering of services is not what people want. I mean, it's not what it's all about. It's empowering people. People must be the agent, agents of change and development. People must be both the subject and object of development. Here, you know, a lot of these leaders, they want to just give handouts. It's an insult to the people. So in a way, I think I have an unfinished job. Where is your focus? What's the critical thing for you? Critical thing for me now is to collaborate. The four members of the new members of national parliament from Bowenville will have to collaborate with the ABG. We must be uh, totally united. We must collaborate to address this outstanding issue of self-determination. People have made up their mind and shown what they want in the referendum we had. So that's number one. We have to work together and unite our people. And also, the leadership must make a special effort to listen to communities, listen to the people. Sometimes leaders who have money think they can just determine what the people need and do all kinds of things which are not responding to the felt needs and aspirations of the people. The ABG is expecting significant 
progress to have been made by 2025 and that this question of independence will be resolved fully by 2027. Is that how you are looking at it? I'm not a member of ADG. I'm a member of the National Parliament and I represent the people of Morgan. You're not yet, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, yet. I'm not yet. But, uh, therefore, I, I uh, must collaborate with the ABG and uh, actually implement what the ABG and the national government had just agreed to last week. They signed a covenant, didn't they? The covenant they signed last week. Do you think in the couple of years since the election, the election that you had hoped to contest but was stopped by the courts, in that time uh, under Ishmael Toruama, do you think Bougainville has been making progress, good progress? Uh, that's not for me to judge. I've responded to people's call and I've made a commitment that I will collaborate with the ABG to fully implement the covenants between the national government and the ABG because I guess it's the, it's the final gulf we have to overcome, of course. Uh, it's important that the leadership must be united. But at the same time, use whatever money we have. The national MPs get a lot of money. I'm not sure whether it's a good thing, but now that it's a system, the national MPs must collaborate with the ABG to look at projects, developmental projects, people of Owindo, and, and fund community projects and not just dishing out money to people. You know, the four members, uh, ESIP, PSIP, put together is a lot of money. Specifically, what can you think of that where your um, district support funds might go? You have to consult with the community governments or with groups, not just small people's groups, not just friends and people like that. Because there are a lot of things you can do. If you just dish up money, disappears. People don't see the tangible beneficial results of all of this. It's a big amount of money. A Fijian national will take over as the head of the University of Otago's Te Tumu School of Māori, Pacific and Indigenous Studies. Associate Professor Patrick Vakoti was born in Levuka, Ovalau, and has worked as researcher for UNICEF in East Asia and Fiji. In addition to teaching and research in the Sociology, Gender Studies and Criminology program, Associate Professor Vakoti has contributed significantly to Otago's Pacific initiatives. He spoke to RNZ Pacific reporter Eli Shafoon. I think I bring my indigeneity. I'm Fijian. You know, I think for me that is very central to the way I, I operate. It's very central to the way I, I think. I'm conscious of my place in, in Aotearoa. I'm, I'm conscious of my place uh, on, on this land. You know, my relationship with, with Mana Whenua and my relationship with uh, you know, sort of with, with Tangata Whenua. So I think if, if, if for me personally, if I come with, with that consciousness, you know, it, it allows me to then sort of engage in relationships and relationships with colleagues, relationships with, with, uh, with university leaders, university with sort of the wider community stakeholders to be able to, you know, to move, uh, to make some traction um, in relation to the things that that we want to do, um, we you know I'd like to kind of in in this work sort of center uh, indigenous ways of thinking, indigenous ways of knowing, in sort of imbue an indigenous consciousness in the way we do things at at the institution. We made uh, small steps, but I think there's still a lot more to do 
And I hope I can I can contribute to not only the conversation, but to the journey. Who is Patrick Vakaulti? I'm sure people are keen to hear about you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, I was I was born in, in Levuka uh, on on Ovalau, and many people know Levuka as the sort of the first capital of, of Fiji. I, I was born there and I grew up there. So I attended primary school there. And then from there, I went on to, to University of, of the South Pacific in Suva, where I did my sort of undergraduate and master's qualification. And then a few years later, I ended up doing a PhD at the University of, of Queensland. Yeah. And so now now I live in Dunedin with, uh, with my wife and Venetia and our son, Rafa. Tell me about your previous research surrounding young people. My initial entry into academia was, was mostly around, around young people. And my kind of interest was on trying to understand, you know, the, the points of tension between sort of indigenous young people or, or young people who sort of experience traditional realities, sort of rural realities and indigenous reality, and the tension with sort of Western influence. Um, and, I, and I see a lot of this being manifested in the issues that young people face. So you'll be in charge of Tetumu. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Tetumu, I think, is an interesting, exciting place. You know, it's sort of a melting pot of of all of all students. You know, you have Maori students, you have Pacific students. You know, you have many international students who take uh, papers in Maori studies or Pacific studies or Indigenous studies. We also have our uh, you know, sort of non-Maori, non-Pacific non students. It is perhaps, you know, one of a few places at the institution where students will get to experience the way we kind of relate to, you know, to, to, to our students and to each other. Uh, and a lot of it is, uh, I use the Fijian concepts of vekawetaki, for example, which is kind of caring, um, you know, you're demonstrating sort of warmth through gestures like a simple a, a smile, you know, uh, kiora, uh, bulabinaka, or talofa, lava, you know. You know, many, many, many students at the university don't get to experience that in, in many other spaces. I think when they come there, they, they, feel, they feel at home. I see Tetumu as sort of a, a pulse, you know, of the university, a place that, that is, always, is always pumping and is always alive, and students are a big part of that. Not only our undergraduate students, but also our, our postgraduate students, you know. Uh, most of our postgraduate students kind of do, you know, cutting-edge research or they do interesting work that's often driven by the needs and the interests of, of their communities, yeah. So, and that's why it's exciting because, you know, usually they are probably the first in their families, the first in their communities, the first from... You know, the different islands they come from to, to pursue this research. Your colleagues speak very highly of you, and I can see why. You've made the Fijian community proud. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you for that, yeah. You know, my, my colleagues are proud. I think my, you know, members of the Fijian community are, my family is, is proud, yeah. And I think it, it's an achievement in, in one way, but also in, in another way, I think for me, it's just part of, of what I do to the space that I'm in and sort of together with others, shape it in the way that we want it to look like, you know? And, and that's why I think I'm, I'm very grateful because I, I know that I'm a guest in, in this place, you know? Um, I, I, we have similar concept in Fiji, you know, a host sort of guest relationship. I'm, I'm also a guest on, on this land. 
uh, and you know it's it's really humbling uh, to be given the trust uh, to have a leadership position uh, in a space, um, you know, in a, in a sort of a unit in a university that sits on indigenous land, you know, or on you know the, the land of uh, the the Naitahu people. Yeah, and so I think as a, as a Fijian and as an indigenous person, person, I'm very very aware of that, you know, and it's it's very humbling, um, and you know, whilst it is seen as as an achievement, I also see it as part of my sort of broader contribution to with others shaping the world that we want to create for ourselves. Yeah. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. RNZ Pacific is taking a break for Easter and we'll be back on Tuesday next week. Until then, arirah.